Welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad to have you in the house today and so thankful that you are taking some time like you're doing right now to put the Word of God into your heart. It's got to get in your eyes and your ears down into your heart. And soon after that, it starts coming out of your own mouth. And that's when things start changing around you. When you speak the Word of God with the same authority that Jesus spoke it with, things change for you the same way they did for him. So that's why we're going to spend our time today in the word of God, letting his word renew our heart and our mind to think the way he thinks, to speak the way he speaks. And we're going to see the desired result come to pass in our life. Father, we worship you and praise you today for all good things that you are, that you've done. We come before your word today to, to see and to hear and to understand. We want eyes that see Jesus, ears that hear his voice, hearts that understand who we are in him, who he is in us. And we believe that we will be changed by your word and the anointing that is on it. Father, I ask that you take this broadcast right now and send it all over the world. Give us access to hearts and homes, to people in places all over the world, and let your word do in them what it has done in the lives of countless others, ours included. You have changed us, you have blessed us, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, several weeks ago, we began a series uh, on legacy television called Faith in the Goodness of God. And I hope by now, if you've stayed up with us on this, that you can begin to sense your own faith rise up on the inside of you. And these things compound on top of each other. And it can come to a point in you where you're hearing the word and hearing the word and faith is coming and you're hearing and faith is coming and you're hearing. And you get to the point where it begins like like water that has heat put to it. And the more that heat's turned up, soon it begins to boil and soon it will start to boil over. And that's the point you come to in your faith in God. It boils over and soon it starts coming out of your mouth. And the word that you've heard, just like I said to you a moment ago, begins to be the word that you speak. And that's when things around you begin to change. We've been talking about faith in the goodness of God. And I know if I were to ask you, is God good? That, that most all of you would, do, would agree and say, yeah, God's good. But let me ask you this. Are you expecting him to be good to you? Every day of your life, are you waking up every day expecting the goodness of God? Are you looking for it? Are you waiting for it? That's what our broadcasts have been about so far in this series. And if you missed any of them, of course, you know that they're free. They're free uh, for you to watch. You can go to pearsonsministries.com and view the broadcast there. But we've talked about uh, the truth that we're seeing here in Jeremiah chapter 31. And I want to do this. I want to go back and read it again. And we're going to continue to build on where we've already been. Jeremiah chapter 31. Listen again to verse 10. We'll read several verses here. He says, hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the isles afar off and say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. And I have written here in my Bible, Jesus, my good shepherd. You know, we're looking for Jesus, whether we're reading Old Testament or new, front of the book, back of the book, middle of the book, we are looking for Jesus. And I see him right here. I know we're Old Testament right now, but I see him in the Old Testament. He keeps us as a shepherd does his flock. Jesus is our good shepherd. As a matter of fact, you need to say it out loud right now. Say, Jesus is my good shepherd. 
He goes on in verse 11. It says, the Lord has redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of one stronger than he. Therefore, they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, streaming to the goodness of the Lord. Other translations say radiant because of the Lord's good gifts. What kind of gifts? Good gifts. What does the New Testament tell us about our father? It says that, that he is the father of lights and that every good and perfect gift comes from him. And there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. In other words, he is good because he always was good. And because he always was good, he always will be good. No variableness, no shadow of turning. He ain't even about to change from being good. Every good, every perfect gift comes from him. You see that same thing here. The people, because, of, because they've been ransomed, because they've been redeemed, they come and they sing and they rejoice. They're radiant because of the Lord's good gifts. It got all over them, so thrilled with God. The people could see it on them. I mean, what are people seeing on your face today? People looking at you. Can they tell what's going on in your life? Can they see how good God has been to you? Because if you're happy and you know it, it's gonna show up. And if you grew up in children's church like I did, you sang that song over and over. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. That's a lot deeper than you may realize. There's a lot more spiritual truth to that than you may first realize. If God has done something in you and for you or through you, then it will show up on you, praise God. And that's what's taking place in these people. Radiant because of the Lord's good gifts. What were those gifts? Wheat, new wine, oil, the young of the flock, the herd. And then he said, their souls will be like a well-watered garden and they will sorrow no more at all. Now, as we've been talking about developing this faith in the goodness of God and letting, the, letting our faith in his goodness come up, we see right here in these few verses alone, we see that his goodness begins with ransoming us and redeeming us. That's what's there in verse 11. The Lord has, the Lord has redeemed Jacob. Well, you could say, that's me. That's me. He's talking here about his people and I am his people. The Lord has ransomed me. He has redeemed me from the hand of one that was stronger than me. You know, if your enemy, if you were stronger than your enemy, then you would not have need, needed a redeemer. Then you could have delivered yourself. If you were stronger than what was against you, you would not have needed Jesus. But there's two things you really need to know about you. You need to know one, who you are without him. And you need to know two, who you are with him. <laughs> and you need to know the difference between those two things because that's, those are two very different yous. There's who you are without him and there's who you are in him and with him. And you always want to be found in him. You always want to be found with him because without him, you are weak and you can be overcome and overwhelmed by the one that's stronger than you. But in him, you have a redeemer. In him, you've been ransomed. And he ransomed you. That means he bought you back. We talked a lot about this. But he purchased you and he took you out of the hands of the one that was stronger than you. So you in yourself, you're not strong and you don't even really need to be because as long as you are in the strong one, 
you're strong. As long as you, your weakness is made perfect in his strength, then you can't be overcome and you won't be overwhelmed. And his goodness begins in our lives with the revelation that we've been ransomed. We've been redeemed. And that is the goodness of God to us spiritually. He has redeemed us and we've been born again. We talked a lot lot about this on last week's broadcast, born again from death to life. That's the goodness of God towards you. But of course, it didn't stop there. He went from there and talked about the good gifts that he comes, that, that comes out of that. The goodness of the Lord, the wheat, the new wine, the oil, the young of the flock and the herd. These are the good things that God does for you. Whatever good thing you need in your life, if there's some area of insufficiency, naturally, materially, physically, financially, God is ready, willing, and able to provide for you in that. And that is his goodness that puts it on the table for you. But receiving that comes only out of the revelation of how good he's already been to you. Whatever good you want him to do, comes out of the revelation of the good that he's already done. Are you with me? It starts with knowing you're redeemed. From there, there comes the, the good gifts that he gives to you naturally, materially, in every, uh, every natural area of your life. But then it doesn't stop there. It goes on and says, their soul will be like a well-watered garden and they will sorrow no more at all. Can you see that this is prosperity in every area and arena of life? Spiritual prosperity, you've been redeemed. Material, financial, uh, natural prosperity, he's making provision with the wheat, the new wine, the oil, the young of the flock and the herd. I I noticed this uh, not long ago when I was studying some of these things. The, the word grain there, the wheat, that's a Hebrew word that literally means increase. Increase. It, means, it comes from a word that means to multiply, to increase, and to become numerous. To become numerous. I like this though. The Hebrew word, the, the, the English, um, I don't know how you, how you would say it or spell it or whatever, but in English we say it like this. Dagon. Dagon. And I just, it makes me laugh every time I look at it, doggone. That's how good God is. God is just doggone good. That's all there is to it. I know I'm being silly, but listen to me. This is how good he wants, you to, he wants to be to you. That's what this word literally means. I think it's, it's literally, if you spell it phonetically, it's D-A-W-G-A-W-N, doggone. How good is God? Oh, he's doggone good. How good is God? He's just doggone. Doggone good. (laughs) Listen to me. This is the goodness of God, though. Increase you. Multiply you. And this is not spiritual wheat we're talking about, okay? This is not a metaphor. This is not analogy. It's not proverbial. This is, for these people, this was food on the table and money in the bank, clothes on their back, wheat, new wine, oil. And these things, of course, they can represent things. But don't be so hyper-spiritual that you lose sight of the fact that God wants you blessed, increased, and multiplied in every area of your life because that's how far-reaching his goodness is. His goodness is so far-reaching that he can redeem you and you're born again spiritually, that he can provide for you naturally. And did you notice this? Their soul, their soul, he said, will be like a well-watered garden a well-watered garden. You know, if you're looking at two gardens 
you can tell the difference between one that's gotten a lot of water and one that hasn't. It's pretty plain to see, isn't it? One that has not been well watered or mine, basically. You know what that looks like? It's, it's dry. I've just never been super good at that. I've never been that green thumb guy, you know, that just gets out there and has this flourishing, flourishing garden. And you look at it and it's dried up, it's dried out and kind of dull colors and lifeless and certainly no fruit on anything. But you take another garden and you water that thing and you water it faithfully and you supply it with what it needs to grow. And that, a well-watered garden is full of life. It's full of vibrance and color and is bearing fruit. And he said, that is the condition that your soul will be in. Look at this. This is prosperity, spirit, soul, and body. This is the goodness of God towards you, spirit, soul, and body. That's how far-reaching his goodness is. Even goes on here in verse 14. He says, I will satiate the soul of the priest with abundance. You know what abundance is, don't you? That's too much. Abundance is way too much. There's not enough. Then there's just enough. And then there's too much. That's abundance. And it's the kind of life Jesus came to give us. I came that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. That's John 10. In the same place, he said, I am your good shepherd. Well, isn't that what this whole verse started with here in verse 10? He will keep him as a shepherd does his flock. Well, that's what Jesus comes to do, to keep the flock. I came that you'd have life, have it more abundantly. That's just too much life. And he said, I will satiate the soul of the priest with abundance. The word satiate. Study it with me for just a minute. Satiate, you look it up, means to saturate. You know, you can tell the difference again between something that has had water maybe sprinkled on it and then something else that has sat submersed in water for hours or days or weeks. You hold these two things up and there's a big difference. This is what it means to satiate, means to saturate it, means to soak it in. Honestly, if you look up the word satiate, I, ha I hesitate to tell you what it actually means, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you. It means to be drunk. <laughs> it literally means to be drunk. And you know there's a difference between uh, <clears throat> a guy who's had a drink and a guy who's had a little too much to drink. There's a big difference between those two guys, huh? One has had a little bit, but another has been satiated in it. And what happens, you get a guy who's been satiated and, and, and he starts acting a little different. What happens to that guy? Well, he, he, he talks different, right? And he thinks different and he walks a little differently than everybody else. Why? Because he's been satiated in it. Sorry, that's probably not a very good drunk guy. I'm happy to tell you I don't have any experience with that. This is my best impersonation. But you know. You know when you're watching somebody who's just had a little too much. Well, what do you think happens with somebody who's been satiated and saturated and just got plain drunk on the goodness of God? It does the same thing to you. It affects how you think. It affects how you talk. And it affects how you walk. 
when you get satiated in the goodness of God, man, you think differently than everybody else does. You talk differently than everybody else does. And you walk a different life than anybody else does. Amen. He said, I will satiate the soul of the priest with abundance. And then he said this, and my people, somebody say, that's me. My people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. I like other translations that say, I, the Lord, have spoken. I mean, that just sort of puts an extra stamp on it, doesn't it? I, the Lord, have spoken. I'm God and I approve this message. That's what he's saying. But I want you to notice something very interesting here because this is a real trick that I believe the devil comes to play on people when they're hearing these kinds of things and they're hearing a man or a woman of God, a minister, talk to you about God being good in your life and your, your faith in the goodness of God coming up. One of the tricks he likes to play is to tell you, well, yeah, but that's for them. That, that works for the preacher. And if you, if you entertain that thought long enough, then soon it will turn into you judging that preacher, you judging that minister and, and assuming that whatever they have, they got some crooked way or some covetous way. That's what happens when you entertain this thought, this subtle little thought that this works for you and not for me. Oh, this might work for some and not everybody else. But God wanted to make this very clear when he said, I'll do this for my priest and I will do this for my people. Read it again. I'll satiate the soul of the priest with abundance. And all the preachers said, amen. But then he said, and my people. So that's all the non-priests of his people. They will be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. So it's for the priest and it's for the people. It's for every one of us. Who's it for? Who's the goodness of God for? This is who it's for. Anyone who will believe it. Anyone who will put faith in the goodness of God. And the promise here is that we would be satisfied. That is a huge promise. That is a huge word because satisfaction is something that is so elusive to people. They try so hard to get it. People try and they try and they try and they can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> You've heard the song we all have. Can't get no satisfaction. Trying and trying and trying, but I can't get no satisfaction. Now, some of you who would uh, dare to admit you know that song and you maybe were around when it came out, uh, you know that was written uh, and recorded by the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, those guys. Interestingly enough, uh, not long ago, Sarah and I and, and some of our team were uh, coming home from an international trip and we stopped in a, in a remote place to clear customs Beautiful place, a lot of countryside and stuff. And uh, the customs agent came out to the airplane we were riding in and he, he said, will you guys come on in? Sweet guy, talkative customs agent. Not always what you want, but this guy was great. He, he had a lot to say, sweet, sweet guy. And we, uh, we went into his office there and he's talking to us about clearing our customs and all that kind of thing. And we're sitting there at his desk, kind of like this. And he pointed to the chair across the table and he said, Mick Jagger was sitting in that chair just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Mick Jagger was right there and Keith Richards was right there. Rolling Stones. Well, like, wow, that's okay. That's kind of cool. And he starts telling us about his whole encounter with these guys. And he said, Keith Richards 
guitar player for the Rolling Stones, has been for like, I don't know, 120 years now. He sat there right, right there and he starts telling this customs agent about all the cocaine he's done in his life. And he's telling him things he said publicly. He, he said, you know, I, I, I've done enough cocaine to kill five horses in my lifetime. I've done enough cocaine. I, you know how he talks. I've done enough cocaine to kill five horses. Okay, okay. And he starts talking to this guy all about, all about the cocaine he's done. And uh, this customs agent said, really, is, is that a fact? Uh, how much of it do you have on you right now? And he's, oh, no, 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 no. I don't do it anymore. I don't do it anymore. They said it'll kill me. He said, you know, the only reason, this is Keith Richards, he said this to this guy, the only reason that I didn't die from all the cocaine that I've done was because number one, he said, I paid so much money to get the purest stuff on earth, to get the finest coke that was out there. I paid and paid and paid. And he said, you know what else I would do on a regular, on a regular basis? He said, I would fly somewhere in Europe from wherever he was in the world at that time. And he would go and get a total blood transfusion get all the contaminated stuff out, get some new blood in there. Why? So he could do some more cocaine. That's what he wanted to go do. And he said all this stuff publicly. But let me ask you this. Why would anybody do that? What are they looking for? Satisfaction. One reason and one reason only. Satisfaction. And I dare say that Anybody whose story that is, they've searched for it, they've paid for it, they've tried to find it, and still they can't get no satisfaction. But we're supposed to be different. You and I are supposed to be different. And we've got right here a promise from the word of God. I'll satisfy you. I'll satisfy you with my goodness, says the Lord. And there will be a satisfaction on the inside of you that comes out of you. And it will, it, it'll be hard for you to explain it. The only way you'll be able to say it is I've been redeemed. I've been purchased and I'm radiant because of the goodness of God towards me. And somebody who, who could have a lot more stuff than you millions more than you, more houses, more cars, more planes, more whatever. And they look at what you've got and it doesn't even look like it compares, and yet you're satisfied and they ain't. What's the difference? Jesus. That's the difference. And you are living a life in constant expectation of the goodness of God. And when the goodness of God has provided for you, it's satisfying. When you provide it for yourself, it leaves you wanting. But when God and his goodness has added it to you, it's satisfying. It is so, so satisfying. And this is both for the priest and the people. Don't ever again say, this is not for me. It is for you because you are God's people. And he wants you satisfied. Believe it and receive it today in Jesus' name. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.